I, I call it a to don't list. Like if you want to get to the next level, what do you need to stop doing? What's your to don't? And a lot of times it's kindergarten things like, oh, well, you know, I am watching Netflix all day or playing video games or, you know, staying in bed an extra hour or having a pity party or whatever it is, like stop doing the thing that's sucking you down, wasting your time, keeping you where you are and trade that for people and activities and thoughts and beliefs that move you closer to where you want to be. Hey guys, today I have the amazing Kelly um, Calabrese, who is going to be talking to us today on the podcast. And I just wanted to share a little background about her before we get into the episode for today. Today we're speaking with Kelly Calabrese. With 34 years under her belt as a wellness coach, speaker, best-selling author and entrepreneur. Kelly has three degrees, 27 certification. She's an expert on all wellness topics, including fitness, weight loss, energy, youthful aging, and sleep. Kelly is also a mindset pro focusing on renewing your thoughts, setting boundaries, visualizing, meditating, and goal setting. Kelly leads with spirit, mind, and body approach to well-being and speaks on forgiveness, purpose, and joy. She's also a certified divorce coach and can help people get through the grief of separation, divorce, post-divorce to live an amazing bonus life. Yes, let's get into it. Consistency, consistency is the key to success. My name is Anna K. Hutchinson, and you're listening to For Change Be Bold. Let's chat, let's laugh, because it's your time to start choosing you. So, Kelly, um, you know, three science degree under your name. Uh, I mean, I love school, but not that much. So yeah. tell us. <laughs> so tell us. <laughs> a little bit about why you went back to school and three science degree too. <laughs> yeah, I actually went straight through. So I finished my master's degree by the time I was 22. So I didn't stop. And then I, I didn't really go back. I thought I'd go back to my PhD, but I did not. But I, after that, got about 28 certifications. I love to learn. I'm just a knowledge person. I want to understand, you know, how things work. And it was all around um, biology, really. So exercise science, uh, you know, clinical studies, cardiac. I, I love all of that like how the body works how can we be well how can we age slower and uh, just naturally live the way that we're designed to live and, and age really youthfully so you know i was gonna say bio is actually one of my favorite <laughs> science not the chemistry part no 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 yeah. but, 
<laughs> bio is actually good. I love to learn about the body, you know, the changes that we go through. For many of you who aren't aware, so I work at a wound care center, so here in Vegas, and um, I conduct hyperbaric treatments for patients. So they're in a chamber compressed with 100% oxygen. And so just to see the changes in their wounds when they go into these treatments and how it, you know, the oxygen really helps to generate through their body to, you know, generate that new cell. It's just amazing. So, yes. All right. So we're going to get into some rapid questions here. Are you ready for this? So let's do it. Yes. So I'm going to put a timer on. (laughs) If you could raid one woman's closet, any person, who would it be? Oh, J-Lo. J-Lo. Ooh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) What is one thing you still have from your childhood? A diary. The last song that is stuck into your head. (laughs) You can buy me a boat. (laughs) Okay. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Instagram. And what is one important lesson that you have learned throughout your life? Patience. 38 seconds. (laughs) Record. That was great. So patience. So let's start off with that. Why is patience so important? And especially for the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is overcoming rejection. Why is it so important for us to have patience when it comes on to that? I remember growing up, my dad would always say to me, slow down. You do everything too fast. Just like, take your time. Think about it. And then he was always like, well, you kind of always know what you want and you get it too. So there's some balance, but man, in life, there's just hard things and there's struggles. And sometimes we need to be patient to wait on things that don't happen in our timing. And even in the moment, we just need more patience for things. And even in the military, if things are like chaotic and you know, just so many things going on at once, they want you to calm down exactly. and be patient before you make any decisions. So I just think we live in such a microwave society that if we have to wait more than a second, we're like, oh my goodness, we just get so anxious. And so it's just really a skill that, I mean, it's a virtue. Patience is a virtue for a reason that I think comes with age and wisdom, but the sooner we can learn it, the better. I agree with that. You know what? I just had to think about just me personally. Last week, I had um, to take out four of my wisdom teeth. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, four of them. So while I was waiting for, because, you know, eight hours of not eating and everything like that. And I sat there and they're like, oh, you have to wait like another 30 minutes. And I was like getting so irritated. And I was like, okay, calm down, calm down. You work in a setting like this, you know, things go you know sideways sometimes doctors are not here things go you know crazy so it's just like okay gotta have patience (laughs) so sometimes we have to bring ourselves back to the level of understanding that you know what things happen and sometimes things happen out of our control and we can't control everything that happens around us so Yes, especially with the pandemic. I mean, even now when you walk into a restaurant, there's signs that say, please be patient. We're short on staff. We don't have everything on the menu. And I think it either made people more patient or if they're not, they're so stressed out and just like angry and bitter. And I know I choose to be peaceful and just be patient. It's just better. I know it is. It's so much better. And especially, as you said, during this time where, you know, so many different restaurants and, you know, business owners overall, 
they're losing staff every single day. Um, I mean, it's just for us to calm down because we're all going through it. We're all going through it and we're facing it. So especially healthcare. I mean, those workers are exhausted and they don't, awesome. you know, they don't feel good. And mm-hmm. it's been a lot emotionally, physically, mentally, people are worn out. So if you can just yeah. be a little extra patient, they appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It goes a long way, goes a long way. And it will repay in the end, I'm telling you, because sometimes, you know, just having that patience for a couple hours, couple minutes can give you that, you know, appreciation for something and someone can return a favor to you. So, you know, something happened that day and you wanted some help, you'll get the help that you need. So yeah. I agree. That's how it works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're talking about overcoming rejection today. First thing I wanted to throw out to you or ask you is how important is it for us to have a mental space where we can communicate with others when we're going through this process? Yeah, it's really important. I mean, first you have to ask yourself, like, why am I so easily offendable? Like, why why am I feeling, you know, rejected? And, you know, with social media and just the pace of the world and there being so much comparison, it's so easy to feel rejected. You see your friends at a party, you weren't invited. Um, you know, just looking at what's out there, you start to feel bad about yourself and you feel rejected. Oh, she got those shoes. Her boyfriend did this for her. And so we can sit there and just build up all this offense and rejection. And it's really a terrible way to live. It will eat at you and you'll feel the tension in your body when you're always walking around looking to be rejected. So you believe you're rejected and then you start acting rejected and now you're becoming less social and so um, it's just a terrible way to live when you walk around expecting to be rejected. And then there is real rejection. Like in, in my case, after a 26 year marriage, when my husband left, you know, the person who's left really does feel rejected, but it's something that they need to work through. Yeah, that's true. We all face it every now and then, as you said before, social media, and it's big on social media, you know, and for, so for business owners who are feeling that particular way, they're putting out the work, they're, you know, posting about their products, their services, and they're doing everything that they need to do, but they feel like they're being rejected. What process can you help them through to find a a comfortable space in accepting that not everyone is going to be there for you, but you're going to find the people who are going to be there for you? Yeah, entrepreneurs really need to have a thick skin to be an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years and I've had a number of different businesses. Some did well, some did not. Rejection is just a natural and normal part of life. Like when you were little and you didn't get picked for the team or you didn't get the job or that person didn't pick you for the dance. I mean, it's we're supposed to be rejected. It's put there to build character. As far as entrepreneurs, I mean, you might get knocked down 10 times. You need to have the resilience to get up that 11th time. Like your belief has to be so great in your business that you're willing to press through the hard times, which means, you know, your customers might go to a competitor or you might not be doing what it takes to stand out. Or maybe, you know, you need to figure out what it is. Like, why are you not getting customers? Why are you not keeping customers? Why are you not getting referrals from customers? So you need to have that resilience, um, not to look at it as I'm being rejected, but be strategic and go, okay, what's not working here? Is it my, you know, social media? Is it my website? Is it my brand, my sign? Do I not know my customer? Do I, it, 
that rejection, you have to look at it as opportunity. Like, wow, okay, what can I do to figure this out? And if you don't have that, then you should get a job and not be an entrepreneur. <laughs> We're gonna get rejected, no matter what we go through in life. And um, it's, as you said, understanding where is your market, where is your target market, where, where does it lie? Because not every single person on the internet or every single person who comes around you is going to be that customer that you need to grow your business, but they're going to help you in some way. I mean, you can learn from that rejection or from whatever area that they came into your business for so that you can grow and build more into your business, not just entrepreneurs, but for or youths who might be feeling lonely or rejected because I know with the whole virtual world, COVID and, you know, just being away from your peer, how can they feel like, you know, I am not um, a part of this um, group anymore. I don't feel I belong anymore in this area. How can you help them to say, hey, you know what? It's going to be okay. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of isolation that went on and isolation. I mean, they put prisoners in isolation as punishment. So isolation is torture. You need to be okay being alone, but not being lonely. And what happens is when people are alone, they start listening to that voice. that's like, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not sexy enough. You're not, you don't make enough money. You don't like whatever the thing is. You're not tall enough. You don't have enough muscle, whatever. When you're alone and you start listening to that voice, that's telling you lies that you start to believe are true. That's what's really dangerous. And so you have to capture that thought and go, okay, wait a minute. That's, that's not really true. What exactly. is true? And so you need to be okay being, you know, by yourself, but you need to be the encourager. You need to be speaking truth to yourself because it might not come from the outside world. You might not grow up in a family that supported you and spoke life into you. And, you know, they may have put you down and called you names. And so get yourself around people who can, whether it's virtually or in person. I mean, in person is always best, but a second best could be, you know, a Zoom or virtual connection. Find your people, find your tribe, find a group. Find the people that are ahead of you doing what you want to do and connect with them. You always want to be the one in the room who's the least. So everyone above you has what you already want. So keep upgrading your friend group. And there's so many great ways to do that virtually. You just need to find your tribe and then cut out the ones that are not lifting you up. So if your friends are into stuff you're not into anymore, then, you know, whatever, if you're still you know, I'm not going to judge anyone, but if you're playing video games and you're, you know, like 50, you know, and you're spending 10 hours a day doing that, then, you know, maybe you need to get a different group of friends. <laughs> but I, I, I call it a to don't list. Like if you want to get to the next level, what do you need to stop doing? What's your to don't? And a lot of times it's kindergarten things like, oh, well, you know, I am watching Netflix all day or playing video games or, you know, staying in bed an extra hour or having a pity party or whatever it is, like stop doing the thing that's sucking you down, wasting your time, keeping you where you are and trade that for people and activities and thoughts and beliefs that move you closer to where you want to be. What if they're not aware of that stage that they're at? 
Yeah. Well, that's a great question. You know, identity is really a good place to start because it starts with a thought and then the thought becomes a belief and the belief is what you speak. And then what you speak then becomes an action because you act it out. That then becomes a habit when you do it repeatedly, which becomes your character. So that's kind of who you are. And then it becomes your identity. It's what you identify with. So how do you hold the mirror up and really look and go, okay, let me be honest here. Let me have a really good self-reflection and be true with myself. How am I being? Am I playing a victim and just laying here like there's nothing I could do? The world is happening to me. Everything's out of my control. I got the short end of the stick. At some point you need to get up and you need to take responsibility, which is the ability to respond in order to move towards what you want. So for those who are stuck and they're like, yeah, you're telling me this, I need to get up, I need to move. What's the first step in yeah. doing that? So sometimes our, our ego gets in the way because we identify with something that, you know, maybe is in the past and we're not anymore. So for example, with me, I identified with being a wife for 25 years and all of a sudden I wasn't. So I had to redo my whole identity as a single person. So you need to, um, you know, really, again, be truthful with yourself in that first step. Like who, how do I see myself? And really, I mean, get that fresh journal out, get that pen out with a blank sheet of paper and write down the things that you do identify with and which ones of those are serving you and which ones are not. And the ones that you're not, you know, start to not be those anymore and replace them with the ones that you want to do. So taking some quiet time and meditation, I, I call it a heaven experience where I'll just lie down and I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine because I try and think like, what's the highest possible thing? Okay. Heaven. Like what, what's better than that? Like, that's what I believe. That's where I want to go. And I'll just lay there and I'll imagine that I'm in heaven and I'll just ask really good questions like, okay, you know, who am I really? And, you know, if there's this great big God, how does he see me? He doesn't see me as a failure. He doesn't see me as, you know, labeled as divorced or, yeah. you know, whatever, sexually abused, whatever, whatever the thing is that you're calling yourself. So I like to go to the highest good and start there and then work backwards because that shows me more truth than what I might be saying to myself. Like you're a failure, your marriage didn't work or you got fired or whatever the thing is. What are some things that we can do to keep ourselves from going back into that pattern? Yeah, it definitely becomes a cycle. And if you use again, like dating as the example, you have, let's say the woman who keeps finding the same guy, whether it's the same, you know, alcoholic or the same abuser or the same enabler, like you just keep going around and around and you keep repeating the same thing. Maybe it's the same low level job that you get because you don't believe you can do any better than that. I'm just an entry level person. I didn't go to college. and. So people get stuck and there is a cycle, there's a grief cycle. So when something happens and you feel rejected, at first you might be shocked, like they fired me and you're like, I, don't, I didn't see that coming at all. And, and then you're in denial, like, no, that did not just happen. Like, come on. And then you're angry, you're like, wait a minute, why did I get fired? I did this and this person did that. And that. So wow. there's like that denial and anger and then you get bitter, you know? And then it's like, oh, you know, you're just talking about it and it's toxic and, you know, then you might get really sad and it, you know, it hits you like, I don't have a job. And, and then you might get depressed, like you'll go even lower. And then you start just piling everything on. Like, you know, I got bills and you're just like heaping it on. And then eventually, hopefully again, you get back up and you'll start to readjust. Like, all right, you gotta, you gotta 
go on jobs.com. You got to find another job. You got to tell people, you know, you're looking for a job. You got to readjust. Yeah. And so some people never do that. And when they walk in the room, you can tell, like you can feel like, Ooh, they're really <laughs> bitter. Like, Oh my God. Or yeah. wow. They're so, they've been, t- how long did they break up? They're still sad. It's been two years. Like what? You, it's an energy and you can feel it. So people will get stuck in depression, bitterness, anger, a denial. You know, some people stay in denial forever unless they get moved through it. They'll, they'll stay there. And that, it's really sad. I'm sure if you've heard this multiple times, you know, I grieve in my own way. I, I take a while to process everything and, you know, I'm doing it at my own um, pace and the stages that I want to take it. Um, do you think that is also a trigger for going backwards or do you think it's okay to take it one step at a time? Yeah, there's definitely triggers. It's not a linear thing. Like you go from denial to shock to it's not like it's a mess. You kind of jump all over and hopefully eventually move through it. But again, using relationships, it could depend how long you were dating. If you were dating for seven years or seven months, you're going to grieve a little differently. If you were married for 10 years and then all of a sudden, you know, he says, I don't want to be married anymore. And a week later, you start seeing pictures of him on social media with other women. You know, you think you're doing OK. And then you're like, whoa. And then, you know, a month later, he's taking your kids on the Disney vacation you were supposed to be on. And you're like, whoa. you know, and you just keep getting like arrows thrown at you and it sends you back if you're healing each time it shouldn't take you as long you shouldn't go as deep it shouldn't be as difficult like you should be able to recover faster and i'm at a point now where i live a life of what i call pre-forgiveness where i just decide ahead of time that i am not going to be offended and if i get offended my piece is too expensive and i'm just not staying there long so if someone cuts me off i'm like wow sorry he or she's having a bad day or someone comes at me i'm like i have no idea what going you know is going on in their life it has nothing to do with me like i'm not even going to receive that for a moment because i can't afford not to be filled with joy and love it's just it's not worth it i can't have a whole down day i don't even want to have a down minute but it took a lot of work to get here exactly so positive attitude attribute to helping with overcoming rejection It does. Yeah. Um, Positive attitude is part of it for me. You know, my faith was a part of it because I'm believing like, okay, no matter what, I'm still loved no matter what I, there's nothing I can do. It doesn't matter if I go right or left or whatever. I'm going to make mistakes all the time, but um, I'm going to still be loved. And, you know, I can apologize if I hurt someone, I can do my best to correct things, but I also learned that I can't carry other people's burdens and I can't save other people. So I'm a highly responsible person, but if I start taking on everyone else's, you know, shortcomings and mistakes and, you know, their parts that I'm going to live a life that's really heavy and burdened and I'm not supposed to live that way either. So you need to have um, safe and healthy boundaries. That's good. That's true. I like that. So wellness, I know that you're a wellness coach. So I wanted to ask you, like, who is like one of your biggest inspiration in the fitness industry? You know, you might not know him if you're not in the industry, but one of my best friends for over 20 years is um, Dr. John Spencer Ellis, and he's the founder of the National Exercise Sports Trainers Association. And together we've created programs that are in you know multiple countries that tens of thousands of people have benefited from. And um, I love that he teaches not only the fitness, but the business aspect, because I've always been a business person. So we don't just teach someone how to be a yoga instructor, but how to run a yoga business 
because that's when the multiplication happens where you can teach someone not just how to be a bootcamp coach, but how to build a bootcamp business that's going to change, you know, hundreds and thousands of lives. So it's been really fun to impact so many people. And he's been one of my mentors and friends. Nice, nice. I mean, I I don't really know him, but I'll definitely look him up after this and take a look at his work and see what he's doing. So the entrepreneurial feel for you, what can you say is like one of your biggest takeaway from being a part of this industry? Yeah, you definitely do need to be resilient. So when I started fitness 35 years ago, it was still fairly new. I owned health clubs and I managed corporate fitness centers and I ran a school to prepare people to become certified fitness pros because there, was, there wasn't even a lot of them back then. So the industry is still fairly new and it's evolving and changing. So keeping your pulse on, you know, what some of the newest trends are and what people really want. And even things have shifted with COVID. I mean, health clubs have never been cleaner than they are right now. So that's a bonus. Um, but just looking at the the trends of what do people like, just like all businesses are shifting and adjusting, fitness had to do the same thing. You know, people want convenience and um, they want great results. They want it to be fun and yep. and challenging. How is your morning routine? I know that morning routines are very important for us. And especially if you want to have a great day, but how important is it for you in the morning? I am all about it. I am a hundred percent about a morning and an evening routine. Um, I get up two hours before my first appointment and that's how long my morning routine is. So I take it really seriously. Um, I lay in bed for 10 minutes and just do gratitude where I'm just so thankful for the day and then um, I have like warm water with lemon and within a few minutes I am on some cardio. I've got a full uh, gym here and I will have some podcast on something positive, some good message that's coming in. And then I'll do my strength workout, still listening to a podcast and a good message. I'll do a pretty, you know, kind of a gourmet shower in the morning too. Like I'm doing the scrubs and I'm doing the you know, the body butter and, you know, just really feeling good. And then I'm going to take some time to do my hair and makeup and I'm listening to, you know, good messages the whole time. I'm going to have a keto drink and, you know, I'm continually drinking water. Um, I already have my goals written down. So I'm reviewing those. I'm saying affirmations over my day. So yeah, that morning routine is really powerful to set yourself up for success. So no hitting that snooze button. No, no, I, I never hit the snooze button. Oh my God, I know I do, but <laughs> that's my 2022. One of my goals for 2022, not to hit it. And I haven't done so far, so. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have you ever thought about doing something completely different from being in the fitness world, um, being a, a wellness coach? Have you ever, anything ever crossed your mind? Like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, you know, I am so open to new things. I mean, for 35 years, everything I've done has lined up with fitness, nutrition, wellness, lifestyle. I never thought I'd be a divorce coach. So when I started doing this about two years ago, this was really a different shift for me, even though it includes a lot of life coaching. It was a whole different certification and bringing the emotional component to the, the mental and the physical part. Probably everything I do will always line up with helping people be well, but I'm really open to wherever I'm led. So the next 50 years could look, you know, totally different. Um, but I always have to have it lined up with my core values. That's important to me. So I could sell cars if I liked the car. Um, <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to love it. 
but I'm, I'm open to, um, yeah, exploring different things. Nice. That's great. So two years into being a divorce, um, coach, how has that been for you? Like, what was the experience like? Also just being able to help other people right now. Yeah, it's been so powerful. I never wanted to be the divorce coach. I didn't think my kids wanted me to be the divorce coach. I don't think my former husband wanted me to be the divorce coach or his new wife. But when I got divorced, I had several friends, like a dozen friends who were getting divorced at the same time. And I watched what everyone did and I was healthy and I wanted to do something really healthy and everyone's going to do it a little bit differently. But I, what I didn't want people to do is to do something really unhealthy because the pain is so great. You're going to do whatever to make it go away. So whether you're turning to alcohol, running into the arms of another man, we talked about isolating, escapism. I mean, you could overexercise. You could take something good and just do it to excess to try and fill a pain. And I really wanted them to heal and become the best version of themselves. So I did a deep dive. I went on the retreats. I went to, you know, Bible study, divorce recovery, counseling, prayer groups, and read the books, watched the TED Talks. I mean, I did all the things. And I was looking for the thing that I couldn't find. So I put it together for women so that I can help accelerate them healing, getting out of pain, and then creating a whole life that's bigger than they ever knew was possible. Poverty is one of the biggest, you know, for single moms, that's the biggest group for poverty. So I was watching women come out. And even though, you know, I had wealth and affluence and my friends did, I met a lot of women along the way who were in such fear over money, whether they hadn't worked or they didn't know how they could make it on their, you know, minimal salary. They're mostly wind up being the caregivers for the kids. They maybe didn't, you know, have anything to do with the money. The husband did it all. They don't even know how to pay a utility bill. So there's there's so much fear that comes into it that paralyzes them. So I really want to make a difference and help. That's great. I love it. Thank you for your help. Thank you for doing that. I mean, you could have done anything else. You could have said, hey, I've been through it. I'm not going to want to be a part of this. But, you know, you used your own experience to help other people to get over there. So that's that's amazing. So, yeah, I love that. It's been really rewarding. I receive great testimonials. And I work with women who are not yet divorced, too. Like they'll come in and be like, oh, I hate my husband. I can't even stand to be in the same room with him. I don't look at his <laughs> tattoos like I'm done. I'm done. And if I can work with her to become the best version of herself, a lot of times that marriage can get restored if it's healthy. I mean, if it's abusive, then, you know, no, that's unhealthy. Um, but I've helped so many women from restoring marriages to seven years down the road where they still, you know, were just defeated and feeling unworthy and unlovable and all that to getting them to a healthy place again. What would you say is the number one key for freedom? Forgiveness. It really is. It was one of the last parts that I felt for my healing. I wish it was first because it would have been better. <laughs> but, you know, I had said the words in, in my case where I was like, I forgive my former husband. I forgive him. I forgive him. But then there would be that, you know, little trigger again. I'd be like, Bye. oh, like, do, do. And, and I just knew I was still bitter inside. But really, it was it had nothing to do with him. It was about myself. I felt like such a failure that my marriage didn't work out. And I was like burning myself. I was torturing myself, holding my own self in the fire because my marriage didn't work. And I was like, well, this is silly. Why am I adding insult to injury by really just not allowing myself, not giving myself permission to have freedom and to go out and 
you know, have a life that's joyful that I can celebrate. Why do I feel like I need to be a victim and sit here and suffer? Yeah. So really was forgiving myself. Nice. I love that. Forgiven yourself forgiveness. Oftentimes it's so hard for us to forgive our own selves. You know, we'll forgive other people around us, but when it come on to our own self, you know, we, we, we're hard on ourselves. We're hard on the things that we've gone through or what have happened. And we feel like, Hey, if it wasn't for, you know, me doing this or stepping out or, you know, going somewhere or being a part of a company or place it, you know, something wouldn't happen when sometimes, you know, if we forgive ourselves, it's easy for us to get over that hump that's in the way. So yeah, yeah, we got to give ourselves some grace. And you said it sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. So it's like, no, I'm going to give myself a little, a little slack here, a little mercy. No, I'm not perfect because perfectionism is awful. I was a <laughs> perfectionist and that's no fun for me or the people who live with me. So gave that up. I mean, we all try to be perfect. Of course, we try to get everything down, but you know, we just have to give ourselves, as you said, that little grace, that little grace right there. So tell us a little bit more about what you can do for anyone who's listening, whether that's um, divorce um, coaching, wellness coaching. I know you're also fitness, you know, walk us through some of what you are doing, um, how we can be a part of your programs that you're doing and talk a little bit more also about your book that you have written. Yeah, so I have a, a Facebook page that is so awesome. It's called Intentionally Fabulous. And it's for women going through separation, divorce, post divorce. I mean, anyone who's had a breakup, who's had some heartbreak, who isn't quite over it or is ready to be better, but they're not sure how. We talk about the hard things there. We talk about, you know, we, we support and encourage each other. We laugh. It's just a great group where you can go and ask any questions people are asking about. Okay, I haven't dated in 15 years. You know, what do I do? And what about online dating? And so, it's just a safe place to go and talk about all the things. I do have a program called Intentionally Fabulous, and it's an eight-week program that really helps to get you out of those stuck places, get you healed, and get you a place of freedom and getting excited about your future. They can see about that at intentionallyfabulous.com. And I'm not sure when this is being released, um, but if you go to intentionallyfabulous.com forward slash sign up, they can see the next free seminar that I'm doing where um, I, I share the eight ways to thrive after divorce. And that that's free. So anyone can do that. Oh, nice. Good. So your book, talk a little bit more about that book that you have. Yeah. Read. So I have three best-selling books. The latest one is called Success Habits of Super Achievers. And it tells the story of over 80 different ordinary people that had something unreasonably difficult happen to them that chose to become resilient, to get back up again, and to not only get better, but to really do something amazing with it where they turn their pain into purpose. So what I recommend is when people get the book that they read a chapter a day, it's just a couple of pages. And when you read that first thing in the morning, you're like, okay, if they did that, I can get through my day. So it really encourages and, and gives a lot of hope. And if they wanna get a free copy electronically, they can get that on my website, kellycalabrese.com it's kelly with an i and they can get the free ebook there so that that's the latest bestseller there you go free ebook one last thing i wanted to ask you before you go who's your biggest inspiration that's one and also tell us why 
they're your biggest inspiration? Mm, that is a good question. One of my favorite people right now is uh, it's actually a guy in Tulsa, Oklahoma named Michael Todd. And he's young, he's maybe 33, 34, um, but he's changing the world. And he was a musician and he got called to uh, take over this really small church. And he is so on fire, just so anointed to teach these lessons that he talks about dating. He talks about, you know, just real things. But when you listen to him, it's so practical that it makes you want to be better. And he's now global speaking on huge stages. He took this tiny church into literally the stadium where the football team used to play. And so it's just cool to watch someone, you know, trust and step into their gifts and make a difference in the world. That is great. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So if you could leave anything with us, one thing, a quote, a phrase, something that you, you know, sp speak to yourself every single day, what would that be? Let love win. Love it. Love that is the, that's what the lens <laughs> that I look through, you know, every day for everything that I do. Like, how could love win? Like, what is the highest possible best thing that could happen? in this situation and um, love is the highest energy victim is the lowest so i always go for the highest let love win thank you so much for being here and for talking to us kelly thank you anna Kay. go for it now because the future is promised to no one you have just listened to a weekly episode of for change be bold podcast you can keep the conversation going by following us on our Instagram page and or Facebook page at 4ChangeBeBoldPodcast. And until next week, have a wonderful Friday.